Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any host or guest's individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Hello, this is Marianne Russo. Thank you all for joining us today. This is a special Autism Awareness Month event, and um, we're going to have a wonderful show for you today. We're going to be talking about driver's education for teens and young adults with um, Asperger's. But before we do that, I want to invite you to another special day, which is an event that we're having for the Coffee Clutch. And, I mean, really, what could be better than a fabulous day of shopping at Lord & Taylor to support the Coffee Clutch? And, um, you know, the Coffee Clutch has partnered with Lord & Taylor, their Manhasset store, for their Shop Smart Do Good event. So you can come down and meet me, and you can meet our... My, our host of Ask Stephanie, Stephanie Weiss, will be there. And if you can't come down, no worries. You can order um, and use your um, ticket via email, or you can receive personalized Lord & Taylor concierge service, which they're often offering to our listeners, um, where you can call in and speak with a sales consultant by phone. And to do this, you need to purchase a Coffee Clatch admission ticket, which is $5. And with that $5, you receive incredible savings, 25% on some items, 15 on the other. And um, it's just a fabulous day and a wonderful day to support what we're doing. So if you would be, like to purchase a ticket or come down and meet us, you can go to our website, www.thecoffeeclatch.com, find out about all of the savings, and you can click on the button and order a ticket, and we'll send it right out to you. So on to the show today. You know, as any parent with a teen with Asperger's or um, really any type of delays knows, you know, making the decision on whether your teen has the abilities to drive or what type of instruction they should have is really a very big decision. And I'm very excited to bring you today a driving education program that I found that just blew my mind. And it is specifically for teens and adults that are on the spectrum. So I'd like to introduce Miriam Monahan of Drive Fit. Miriam, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks very much, Marianne. You know, as you know, um, I get every month I get a few um, select companies sent to me um, that I review to see whether I would like them to participate with the Coffee Clutch, advertise with the Coffee Clutch. And when I saw this, I what did I tell you? You have to come on the show. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> this was just, forget about the advertising. This is just unbelievable what you're doing. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what is DriveFit. Yes. So my background is that I'm an occupational therapist. I'm also what they call a certified driving rehabilitation specialist, and I'm also a driving school instructor in the state of Vermont. And um, I am basically, uh, DriveFit is a company that I founded uh, with my husband and um, the support of of many important people in our community uh, to develop some alternative learning 
tools for individuals with the autism spectrum when it comes to driving, and that is that company is called DriveFit. You know, and it's so important because I know that it's one of the parents' biggest concerns. You know, any parent, even with neurotypical children, you really worry um, when they're ready because I'm a firm believer that, you know, just because you reach the age that you can drive doesn't mean that a a teen is ready to drive. And um, that becomes even more difficult when a child has Asperger's or, you know, high-functioning autism. So, you know, what do you find are the typical challenges that the individuals face um, and the parents face when it comes to learning to drive? That, that's a that's a great question. I, just one thing I want to add to that, Marianne, is that unfortunately teens are still at the most uh, greatest risk for being involved in a crash than any other age population. So if we're thinking about um, all teens when they're ready to drive, it, it's, it's definitely an important decision to make. Um, all of us can reflect back to learning how to drive and recall skills that were certainly more challenging to learn. I think I gave my dad a number of heart palpitations when it mm-hmm. came to merging into traffic circles and parking between cars. But people with and and people with autism spectrum condition are are, are no different in that they may experience any number of challenges um, when learning to drive. However, if people ex- experience um, uh, a, common problems with autism spectrum disorder such as anxiety, difficulty with problem solving, coordination, um, those challenges are likely actually going to translate into learning how to drive. And when I teach someone how to learn um, to drive with an autism spectrum condition, um, I keep in mind that um, they might have difficulty, for example, discerning what what information is important to notice on the road. Um, and that they might have a tendency to feel just overwhelmed about the amount of visual information that they need to sort through. So it's not unusual for my students to report that they were focused on um, pedestrians, for example, on the side of the road or signs um, that had nothing to do with the traffic situation just because they didn't know how to prioritize that information. Um, they also might have difficulty just searching the roadway at appropriate speeds. They might get a little fixated um, uh, just in a matter of milliseconds with the traffic light longer than someone else, and that um, takes away from their overall reaction speed. They also might have difficulty with coordinating um, the steering, gas, and brake all together when you think about all that coordination that's involved in just making a right or a left-hand turn. When do I initiate turning the wheel? When do I return the steering wheel to make the car go straight? It's actually all a very complicated process. Also, um, a big part is also interpreting behaviors of other drivers. Um, People with autism spectrum um, generally like things to be rule-based. And unfortunately, when it comes to driving, a lot of drivers don't follow the rules, for example, just using turn signals. Um, if It would help individuals with autism spectrum disorder anticipate the actions of other drivers if people use turn signals. But obviously, we can't enforce people. People have been trying to, you know, follow the rules for years, and that hasn't always worked. So we need to teach kids strategies to anticipate actions of other drivers um, when they don't follow the rules. Um, And those are some of the things. You know, I want to step back and then I want to go forward a little bit with this. But when it starts out, um, 
what should parents look for as far as readiness or whether their child really should drive at all? Um, you know, and, and, and what resources question. really will they look for? Yeah, that, that's an excellent question. You know, I, I often summarize readiness to learn how to drive as this. If, if a child is given $5 and asked to cross a, a busy road and go into a store and buy a specific brand of, brand of whole grain bread, for example, can, can the child successfully do that crossing the street successfully, and when they get to the store, if they don't find the brand of bread that they're supposed to get, do they find a reasonable substitute? In other words, do they come back with white bread or do they come back with another whole grain um, bread that they were supposed to get? Manage um, making change and then coming um, across the street again. Those, I think, are the fundamental skills that are in everyday life that are also used in driving. So in that situation, obviously, crossing the street is understanding how traffic is moving, how it, how it travels, and how to basically create, you know, identify a safe gap following the rules of the road there. Going into the store and searching for um, the bread is no different than us searching for a turn um, on the on the uh, roadways to find where we're going to go, and then making a reasonable substitute when the item that we didn't, uh, we were looking for isn't there, is a problem-solving skill um, that we all encounter in the, in the event of a detour, for example. Um, and then getting correct change is part of that process of being responsible with money because you know you need money or credit cards, et cetera, to, to get around in order to fill your tank and take care of the vehicle. Right. And, you know, another thing that you mentioned before was that, um, you know, not all, but some um, people with um, Asperger's can be very um, rigid in as far as following rules, very rule-based um, way of thinking. Yeah. Um, so learning to be a defensive driver is important because they need to understand that other people may do something wrong. Um, you know, and right. anxiety is a huge problem, as are social skills. So um, do you have any recommendations on teaching these teens, let's say they do have a fender bender, um, you know, how to, um, you know, respond to other people, even if it's their fault if they have an accident? Yes, yes. I think I think there's a there's a couple of things. I think one is that when we teach um individuals how to drive that have anxiety, um is that we need to make sure that we go incredibly slow. That um the person mass, you know, really becomes very um competent with the skill before we add another one. And that's where somebody for example is a certified driving rehabilitation specialist or a driving school instructor or an OT that has special training in, in um, uh, autism can help break down the tasks, learning how to drive, and, and help the individual learn step by step. But, but I also have, and I think I, you know, not many people do this, but I stage um, crashes, for example. They're not really crashes, but let's pretend we had a crash and it occurred here. Oh, what do we do? Um, because one thing is to learn it in a textbook, and one thing is to actually incorporate the environment that you're in. So helping the individual scan the environment for what are the places that I might get help, what do I have for resources in the vehicle for me. Maybe it's a cell phone, maybe it's some, some phone numbers, maybe it's a, a 
AAA emergency card, those kinds of things, and think about what they have for resources so that it's a, it's a drill. Not that different than any of us practice fire drills when it comes to buildings. Right. Well, but you both, that's very important because, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, the, all through learning everything in school and social skills, they've learned by modeling. So, um, you know, that's great. And I think that, you know, schools offer very basic uh, driver's education. I know all my mm. daughters um, took it, and I did find it very basic, and I did send them for private lessons as well. So um, how does Drive Fit differ than your basic driver education course? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So DriveFit is really filling in, in a gap. Um, what I am trying to do with DriveFit is to create some iPad apps that help teach some, some skills for driving that aren't typically taught in a driver's ed program that are really specifically tailored for people um, with Asperger's, for example. So um, what what we're doing with this is, is this very first app is all about learning how to search the roadway for critical information and learning how to narrow that focus to critical information and um, ignore the unnecessary information. So let, let me just describe this first app because it, it will help to explain it um, quite a bit. So um, the user, when they get on the app, will actually go through a tutorial that teaches them how to identify and prioritize critical information. And that's the key, because without the tutorial, the, the app is, is really not effective. Um, the person needs to learn the strategy of how to search through the information on the roadway. Then they get a chance to select a tour. So for example, we just finished filming in Greenville, South Carolina, um, and in the nice, beautiful early spring with buds popping out and so forth. But um, the individual gets to select a tour um, of a location. And we'll be filming some New England tours in the fall, for example, and, and traveling around so that people get experiences in different parts of the country as well as in Canada. But then what happens is the, the user, when they select the tour, get to view high-definition videos of real roadway scenes um, and on their iPad. And then um, after having experienced the tutorial, the individual will know that they need to put their finger basically touching on the critical information, which might be the brake lights of the car directly in front of them or the traffic light. Um, and then the app actually processes the speed that the individual identified the information and the priority. So for example, what I mean by that is let's say we have three critical pieces of information happening at the same time. It may be the brake lights of the car in front of us, the green traffic light, and the speed limit sign. So what really needs the immediate attention of the driver is the brake lights of the car in front. So they should be touched first, then the, maybe the green light and the, and the speed limit sign. So um, the videos range from low traffic to complex city traffic. So in our low traffic, it might be residential where there's cars backing up, um, speed bumps, and um, trash cans in the road, as well as pedestrians and, and cyclists that might be around. Um, kids at play, and then complex city traffic where you might be dealing with multiple lanes with, uh, with say, for example, a, uh, 
a jaywalker stepping out between cars as well as a uh, car coming in and cutting the driver off and a traffic light change and brake lights and all such sorts of things going on. The app then processes the the speed that the individual touches it, the priority that they they identify the critical information, and then obviously the accuracy of that critical information. Now the neat thing about this is if the user is having difficulty with managing all that information and they're trying to get better at it, the beauty is they can actually slow down the video so that they can um, practice in those slower speeds and then increase the speed as they improve. Something you can't get when you're driving a car. And the other beauty is it removes the anxiety of managing the car itself. The person is sitting comfortably, for example, in their home on a couch with the iPad and practicing the real driving um, situation like that. The other neat thing that you can do is for um, any teen is experience this where they're in a quiet environment first and then we encourage them to have the radio on and then have a conversation with somebody and so forth. And you can see where I'm going with that, but it adds distractions and helps them understand what happens to their overall score when you add these environmental distractions. So it becomes educational from that aspect as well. And, and, and also, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that parents can also see, um, you know, they can monitor how well they're doing so that possibly if they yes. felt the child was ready but the child clearly isn't. Um, and they can also find the weaknesses so that when they take them out on the road, they can see where they didn't do well on the app. So it's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it is a very nice way to do that. So if, if your child's kind of gone through and practiced some residential drives um, and you can see how their overall doing with their search, it's so much easier to teach them the motor skills for driving at that point, um, for turning, you know, making right or left-hand turns, because all the visual information that the, the child's already competent with, they can, they can process that information much better than they could before. You know, you said that, you know, with your experience being an OT and uh, a driving instructor, um, you know, this may seem like an obvious question, but, you know, what inspired you to start DriveFit? Was it that you saw the need, and why did you tailor the app um, basically to people with high-functioning autism and Asperger's? Because it's not just for teens, it's for adults as well. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. The, you know, the inspiration really came from the fact that there are just so few professionals that have the skills, for example, that I have. So it, it's not unusual for me to get a call um, from, a, say, a family in Texas, and the, the, the nearest resource they have is, is, you know, over 150 miles away. Um, there are so few certified driving rehabilitation specialists. In fact, there's only 327 in the entire world. Um, and then driving school instructors um, that are either OTs or have specialized training in with autism are far and few to come between. So that dealing with the lack of, of number of professionals was definitely part of it. The other, the other aspect was is that even as a professional who um, works, you know, with individuals um, with Asperger's, for example, um, I wanted a tool like this in my own practice. I wanted something that I could use that that worked like this because 
it one people could practice on their own two it removed a lot of anxiety and um, I, I saw a lot of application as you mentioned um, it's not just a beneficial for those with Asperger's but for example think of somebody who's coming back after a stroke or traumatic brain injury into driving it's very difficult for them to process information um, sometimes at the rate that's needed for the driving environment, or they might have an inattention um, to one side of their visual field. So this, at the, again, the app functions very well um, in terms of helping those individuals search the roadway um, left and right, as well as how to help them get up to the speed of the driving pace. It's just it's just an incredible product. Um, now, is it still in beta? Will, when will the app be available? And I've gotten a few um, emails um, and tweets that people are wondering if this is going to be an international product. Okay, good. All good questions. Um, we anticipate that we will be through beta testing, and the app will be available this summer through the Apple iTunes Store. The best way to get um, stay current with, with how soon we will get the first release available is to go to our website drivefit.org and go to contact us and send us um, your contact information and we'll just shoot you an email when um, the app is first available at the Apple iTunes store. Um, also, just a, another plug on the website, um, for people that are already working um, with their teen or, or you are a teen that is uh, learning how to drive or a young adult learning how to drive, um, there's a driving tips section. And it's, I try to update it um, quite regularly, but I mm -hmm. give some training suggestions to manage common challenges that new drivers, particularly with um, Asperger's, might experience. Um, so that gives you some helpful hints. As far as it's being it's some... It's fantastic. It really is. I watched... Um, and that's just free of charge. Yeah. yeah it's very yeah. informative. I took a really nice look. I really liked the website and... Um, I think that if anybody is, is interested in this, and I think that everybody should be interested in this, um, whether they have a child with Asperger's or neurotypical, because it's really for everyone, um, they can go to your website, like you said, uh, drivefit.com, right? Is it .com? Right, right, okay. dot, dot .org, drivefit.org. Dot dot org. And uh, we should, I hope, within the next two years, have a version, a European version, for driving on the left side of the road um, so that that um, we can uh, reach the population um, that would would benefit from it on the left side of the road. I know there's quite a bit of interest in, in England um, that we've received mm -hmm. about yeah. that. And uh, we definitely want to accommodate it. Um, obviously, we've got to start on a scale where we can manage um, first. So if we have a lot of success in, in North America, that is exactly our next place is, is um, countries that are driving on the left side of the road. You know, I just, um, you know, in thinking of teaching kids to drive, I taught all my daughters, and that didn't last long because I'm the first one to admit I cannot do it. Um, I just am a train wreck. So um, and I'm the, I, I can't do it. And, and I tell my kids, I, I can do just about anything else that you need. I cannot give up that control. It just, uh, everybody comes home crying, mostly me. So um, in dealing with um, teaching your kids to drive, um, you know, the parental anxiety has to, you know, you have to take that into oh. account. So now, yes. what do you find with kids that are on the spectrum? Do you, do you find that maybe they do better with a, an instructor or are they better off with a parent? 
You know, that's a that's a fabulous question, and certainly full of a. Um, it, it is a box of of issues. So I, I think the the most important thing is that the instructor needs. To, you should always have an instructor involved. Number one, there's just no question. Well, about they have it they have to right. But, they have to in a lot of cases. Right. But actually, in a lot of states, when somebody reaches 18, there's no longer an instructor instructor required in many states. And in that case, oh, wow. sometimes parents attempt to try to teach their their young adult child how to drive and so forth. So it's it's. I definitely encourage an instructor, um, but the other the other piece is is that um, the parents need to be able to identify whether there's somebody that are that is going to be um, spreading their anxiety, their personal anxiety, onto their child, and and that definitely occurs. And so sometimes I've had an aunt or an uncle or someone else step in and do the primary training if that's the case. But the instructor should also be able to, um, I have I have definitely in the past slowed down the progression at which the, the youth is learning how to drive simply to accommodate the parent's anxiety. Um, and I don't want that parent practicing in an environment that they feel unsafe doing with their child. So what we try to do is, or at least what I try to do with them is, is just not move them forward until the parent's um, feeling more and more comfortable with that. Because you're right, the anxiety can just become um, insidious in the whole vehicle and, and become a, the real detriment to everybody. Right, and you know, oftentimes, you kids, or especially those with neurobiological disorders, um, you know, they're, they're very comfortable with their disorder with their parents, where mm-hmm. they may yeah. listen better to the instructor than a parent. And, you know, I, I tried, yeah. you know, my husband takes them out. So he'll, he would take them out, and then they would take the school um, instruction. And then we always had private instruction after, just, to, you know, maybe five or six lessons just to really get them on the road and on the highways. So, um, you know, your app is just incredible. It's really just incredible, and I hope that everybody listening um, goes over to the website, drivefit.org, and takes a look. And, Miriam, I really want to thank you for joining us. You're really going to help a lot of parents. Well, thank you very much, Marianne. I really appreciate being part of the the radio show today. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, Our next Autism Awareness Month special is Monday, and Dr. Behema is returning. If you remember, he came on, and it's one of the biggest interviews we've had. Um, He came on, he's a dentist, and he spoke about um, the overlapping of sleep apnea and ADHD and how 40 to 60% of kids that have a diagnosis of sleep apnea also get a diagnosis of ADHD um, when they actually don't have it and when you resolve the sleep apnea you resolve the behaviors, and you can find that on the website. But he's coming back Monday with a very different interview. He uses his therapy dog, Remy, for children with special needs and autism in the dentist chair, and it's just remarkable um, how the canine can change the whole mood and the calm of a child. And he's going to come on and he's going to talk to us about using uh, therapy dogs to calm children in medical situations. So that's Monday. Sunday is part two of our explosive Uh, series synesthesia. Synesthesia is the blending of senses. There are children that see numbers 
as colors, that can taste music. Um, their, their senses are all blended. They're often misdiagnosed with mental illness, autism, and all types of disorders, learning disabilities that they don't have. And most of them do not even know they have it because they think everyone can do that. So um, part two is synesthesia, the child, um, the school-age child. Part one was last Sunday. That's an archive, and it's just an amazing series. As I end each show, you are your child's best advocate. If not you, then who? Become an informed, educated parent with us at The Coffee Clatch. You can find us at www.thecoffeeclatch.com. Thanks again to DriveFit, and go over to their website. Take a look. Thank you very much.